Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How is it going? It's going, how are you doing today? Doing doing alright, doing good. I uh, just want to quickly explain the reason that we're recording on Wednesday instead of Thursday. Thursday, Wednesday instead of Tuesday is uh, there was a Man United game on yesterday and uh, that didn't finish till like 10. Then I needed to do an episode for it, so we, we could have done gaming talk like later but i thought you know what we'll just save it for uh for tomorrow and uh here we are anyway so i don't think it was too much of a uh big problem but um yeah and in terms of the future of that uh there isn't any games next week anyway because there's an international break for two weeks so uh we'll probably go back to tuesdays uh for for a little bit uh aside from all of that uh what have you been playing well, a big update finally came out for Grounded, so I did a restart on that. Uh, they added a lot more crafting. I haven't had a chance to get too deep into it to see if they've added more to the story because it takes a while to get the story started. But if you're a fan of crafting survival games, that one is definitely one to check out. It is part of Game Pass, obviously, since it's one of the studios that's owned by Microsoft. Who uh, if- Who develops that? Uh, let me double check. I know it off the top of my head, but my brain doesn't want to pull the information up right now. <laughs> so give me half a second here. Okay. Is it rare or something? No, it's not rare. Um, it was just there. What was it? Obsidian. Oh, okay. That wasn't who I was expecting you to say. But, uh, yeah, obviously part of... Um, uh, they were like a side part of the Bethesda, weren't they? Yeah. That sort of thing. Anyway. Um, yeah, I, jump, I jumped into that for a little bit. Uh, I did like a little stream for it, actually. But I never quite sort of clicked f- with, with it. And I got a bit sort of lost. So, I don't know. But it, it seemed like a fairly interesting little uh, thing. But it just it just never quite worked for me. So um, there we go. What uh, what else you playing? Uh, you know, still keeping up with uh, New World. Not playing as much in it. You know, get hour here, hour there. I'm kind of in that mid tier of do I want to spend my time repeating quests until I can get high enough level to do the storyline, or do I want to spend my time grounding out materials, upping my uh, crafting skills? Uh, got a bit. A time in uh, State of Decay 2 because obviously Halloween, so you got to do it. It's a law. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've been on the road a lot last few weeks, so haven't had a ton of time, but I did manage to get some gaming in. Cool, cool. Um, so I, uh, I can't remember what I said I did last week. Um, I finished Darth Vader Immortal or Vader Immortal. I did a review for that. I thoroughly enjoyed that game. Uh, I played a good chunk of Guardians of the Galaxy, and then I stopped, and then I did an Impressions podcast to talk about why. Um, I'm still playing a bit of COD. I've actually cut down on COD a little bit because I was just spending too much time on it, and I have so many TV shows to get through and lots of games still to get through, so I wanted to kind of focus on that, um, which won't be good for my muscle memory when I go back to the game, but I'll 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 deal with it. I'll live. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, it would take me like you know a few games to warm up and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, so I paused my uh, COD playing for now. 
I finished my first season uh, playing as Mason Greenwood on the Pez uh, Become a Legend thing. I didn't win anything, but that's not my fault because I'm not picking the team or selecting any of the other players. Uh, I did score 50 goals in 30 games though, so that's, uh, I'd, I'd say, pretty good. Um, I actually simmed most of the England games because I didn't care about them and they were also international friendlies. Um, but we did get to a uh, Champions League final and lost. My uh, player got injured in the game, so I could literally do nothing about that. So that was unfortunate. And I suppose it's just a bit of a different uh, different taste of it, because there's, only, there's really only so much you can do to win a game when you're playing as one player. But that's kind of the idea. So, uh, But still got a pretty good team around me and that sort of thing. I've uh, played the first few games of the second season... Uh, so I'll keep going with that. Um, so that's been... Uh, it was still good. Like, we, we finished second and lost in the cup final. But that's only, like, the first season. And the player that I'm playing as, Mason Greenwood, is only 19. So he's got a very, very long time left in his career. Uh, so that was good. Um, I am still playing quite a bit of uh, Metroid Dread. I'm really, really, really enjoying it. Uh, it's tough at certain points, but once you get past the tough parts and you get to the next parts and you get rewarded with new things or cutscenes or new parts of story, it feels really, really rewarding to play. Uh, I know a lot of people have said about the, I think they call called Emmys or MI sort of uh, robots, uh, basically because they once they catch you, it's a uh, one-hit kill. Although you can counter their attack, but it's like near impossible to do. Uh, but the idea is that you don't get caught in the first place, and that you play more stealthily. But the good thing about that is, um, even if you do get killed, which will happen to you quite a few times, your checkpoint is like very, very close to where you were anyway, so I'm not finding too much trouble. Uh, the general gameplay of it, though, is really, really good, really fun. Um, I'm upgrading my character as I go through. Obviously, you're playing as Samus. Uh, she's the uh, main character in the game and everything. Um, but it's got a really good atmosphere. I really like the music that's put into it. Uh, the controls at certain points can be a bit difficult. But again, once the game has its high moments, it's really quite worth it. And uh, just jumping from sort of screen to screen and taking out the enemies and doing things like that is uh, really fun. Um, I would say I've played about five to six hours, maybe a little bit more. I feel like I'm near the end of the game, but I'm not sure exactly how long is left. But that's on the Switch. Uh, again, I'm using a PS4 controller. I've got the adapter uh, adapter thing. Uh, there was one night where I sort of uh, you know stayed up a bit late and played the uh, Switch like in in bed and stuff. Uh, and then I used the I did use the Joy Cons, but I've got like a grip thing, so it makes it slightly easier. Um, but no, it's, it's been pretty good. It's my first Metroid game um, in, in the franchise. Uh, I played other Metroidvanias before, but it's my first Metroid game. And I'm getting al getting along with it uh, pretty well. Um, it's it's going good so far. Have you seen much of that at all? Uh, no, not a whole lot, so... Okay, okay. But uh, yeah, the main complaint is about the, the Emmys and, and stuff, or MI, whatever they're called. Uh, but there's, you know, you get like cloaking abilities later on. You can kind of use that, but it's uh, it's it's going uh, pretty well so far. Uh, what was the other thing that I played? Um, oh, I downloaded on PC 
uh, Rayman Redemption. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, I watched somebody called Kidicarus, who I've mentioned a few times before. Very, very talented, very, very good YouTuber. Uh, he does uh, one video a month, but then he streams like three times a week. And he's really funny, really talented, really good at uh, what he does. And um, a while ago, he did these three videos for Rayman Redemption. Uh, basically, Rayman Redemption is a fan... Uh, a free fan remake on PC, um, and I managed to. Uh, I downloaded the game just to see if I could actually run it, and the frame rates are a little bit slow on there, but it did manage to run, which was I think the first ever PC game that's ever run on this uh, on this PC. But I'm gonna save that for later, uh, once I finish with Metroid and uh, maybe some other games. Um, but no, uh, judging off because I I never played the first. Right, I think I watched like my dad play it when I was younger. Again, the the nineties era of uh, of PlayStation. I think I watched my dad play Rayman One or something, or maybe my sister. It was probably even both of them actually. I did watch them. Used to watch them play it on the PlayStation One. Um, but Kadikaris's Kid uh, main point was that the remake improves on a lot of fundamental problems with the original game. So that's uh, really good. Anyway, I've watched him play three videos worth of it. For like a good chunk of hours, and it looks uh, it looks really good. So I'm I'm looking forward to jumping into that. And in terms of like the platformer characters, obviously I've said before about you know I love Crash and Abe's really cool, and obviously Ratchet and Clank are really great. Uh, I've never like properly played Rayman's games, and I really do want to. Um, I've got the second Rayman game on PlayStation Two. It's called Rayman M. Uh, I think Rayman M is the remake or remaster. Of the second game, as as far as I remember, which is actually a uh, 3D one. So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to possibly getting down the path of playing some Rayman games. Uh, did you ever play any of those at all? I know they're on the PlayStation and that. So I I don't think so. I might have um, a long long time ago when I was rooming with somebody that had a PS2. Um, but I, if I did, I don't remember them. Okay, okay, but uh, yeah, he's kind of you know a, a very cool character. Um, and he's kind of got this weird thing where he's got like a head, a body, and then he's got his hands and feet that kind of float from his body. So he doesn't have like arms and legs, but, uh, it's kind of with the design of how he moves because like the way that you can punch and things like that and jump around is sort of, it makes sense with like the character design. So, uh, I'm looking forward to trying those. And I know I said this before, but I'm hopefully going to get that PlayStation Classic tomorrow because I've got a meeting, let's just say, in town uh, tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to trade in some uh, PS3 games. Not because I don't like them, but because I can't actually use them because the disk drive on my PS3 doesn't actually work. So it's pretty useless me having uh, discs that I can't actually use on anything um but trading in those is going to mean it will i'll need to pay like 10 pounds for a playstation classic then i'm going to do what somebody recommended me <clears throat> which is buy um a usb with the games on from like ebay there's quite a few listings on ebay actually for like loads and loads of games so i'm gonna try that out so hopefully i'll have that by tomorrow uh, we shall see uh that's pretty much my plans and everything going forward i'm uh, gonna finish metroid dread and then I'm going to play something else after that. We'll, we'll see what that is. Uh, anyways, jump into some housekeeping. And then we'll get into some news afterwards. See you in a minute. 
Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're get, getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself, or maybe both depending on the occasion, we can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you extra. You can find the link to our Amazon affiliate link in your show notes. The second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link. If you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice, you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes. They also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up, Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film And we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Okay, uh, recently on Entertainment Talk, we did another Walking Dead podcast today. This is for Season 2, Episode 5. We're halfway through the second and final season. It was designed to be two seasons, so uh, that's for The Walking Dead World Beyond. I did a podcast yesterday as well, the one that I mentioned uh, for the United cast. It was 2-2 between Atalanta, they're an Italian team, and Manchester United. Uh, So that just about I think sees us through the Champions League group stage Ronaldo scored a very very late goal Uh, so there was that and Manchester United play against Manchester City on uh, Saturday so the Manchester derby which is always regardless of like any of the situation it's always uh, fun to to watch a uh, Manchester derby so that'll happen on Saturday and then after that game there's a two-week international break because reasons because that's the way that football is designed. Uh, mentioned a minute, uh, minute ago, I did a Guardians of the Galaxy Impressions podcast. That's exactly what it's called. And it's me talking about my impressions of the IDOS uh, Montreal game, which they recently released. Uh, did a podcast called Discussing the Lightyear trailer and Toy Story. So Toy Story in general, but obviously with the Lightyear trailer that had come out recently. Uh, For those of you that don't know, Toy Story is very, very near and dear to me. It's something I grew up with, something I care about a very, uh, quite a lot, um, or really quite a lot. And I talked about, uh, you know, the trailer itself for Lightyear and what they could do with Toy Story going forward as well. So that was fun to talk about. I mentioned a minute ago as well, my uh, review for Vader immortal i gave that a must play rating that's a vr game i think it's only available on playstation vr but i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed that so that was good to play as well uh over on the other united cast games uh, we also beat tottenham by three goals to nil which meant that uh nuno 
who is the Tottenham manager, got sacked and replaced within two days. Uh, Conte is the new Tottenham manager. So, uh, yeah, that happened as well. Uh, did a TV talk with Gray. You remember Gray, don't you? Yep. I actually was listening to him on the Geek Town podcast for this week, and he mentioned that he has 41 TV shows that he's trying to catch up on. So. Yeah, that, that, that shocked me as well. <laughs> 41 is uh, is quite a lot. Uh, speaking of TV shows, I did a TV talk with him on Friday. Uh, you can also listen to this week's Geek Town Radio, which I'd, I'd recommend as well from uh, yesterday. Uh, but we did a TV talk with him on Friday. We talked about Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist uh, and what is going on with that on uh, all four. There was a bit of a mess up in terms of... Uh, scheduling and uploading the episodes and whatnot uh we also talked about invasion which is a new show on apple tv plus which i've been very much enjoying uh, we talked about good girls which i'm watching is on nbc and netflix and we did a big talk about dc tv so titans and the Arrowverse and how there's like 15 20 different shows and it's a bit of a mess but uh talked about that as well uh gaming talk last week if you missed out we talked about a quiet place video game getting put into development as uh, updates from cd project red and also talked about a very nice story with a uh, transgender developer getting credit on uh, her work for guardians of the galaxy which is the same game that i mentioned a minute ago and that's everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org you can also find us on your favorite podcast platform just search for entertainment talk uh, let's get into some news Alright, so as you've all seen in the thumbnail, let me just bring up my web browser with the actual information. Uh, Amy Henning, or Hennig, I think is her name, H-E-N-N-I-G, and Skydance, so I think that's her new game studio because she left EA and Naughty Dog recently. More recently, EA, I think she went from Naughty Dog to EA and now she's uh, doing her own thing over at Skydance. They've got an unannounced uh, game uh, in development and it is a Marvel uh, video game. It says here, new project will be an original story in partnership with Marvel Entertainment. Uh, it says here, remember Amy Henning's uh, big AAA story-driven project with Skydance uh, Media announced back in 2019? Good news, it's a Marvel game. This comes to us from IGN, by the way. Uh, Skydance <coughs> announced um, the collaboration with Marvel Entertainment today. Obviously, this was some point last week. Uh, though it's not ready to reveal further details about which Marvel characters might be involved in their endeavour. All we know is that it's being marketed as a narrative-driven blockbuster action-adventure game and a completely original story and take on the Marvel Universe. So sounds cool. Uh, it says, I can't imagine a better partner than Marvel for our first game, said Henning. Uh, the Marvel Universe optimizes all the action, mystery, and thrills of the pulp, yeah, pulp uh, adventure genre that I adore, and lends itself perfectly to an interactive experience. She is exactly right. Um, it's an honor to be able to tell an original story with the humanity, complexity, and humor that makes Marvel characters so enduring to enable, oops, our players uh, to embody these heroes that they love. Because obviously, with you know 
grown up to love the MCU over the years. You alright over there? Yeah, I'm sorry, just moving my mic. Okay. Uh, Henning's partnership with Skydance has been uh, running for a few years now, uh, working alongside EA veteran and executive producer Julian uh, Beek to kick off a brand new interactive division for the company. Uh, Skydance has historically been a movie production company responsible for films such as Mission Impossible uh, franchise, Star Trek, Top Gun Maverick and Terminator Dark Fate. But it's also had one relatively successful video game launched uh, VR title The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners which is a very good game. I played that as well. Uh, Skydance's new division is uh, in experienced hands with Henning who is best known as writer and director of the Uncharted games at Naughty Dog and for her work on other franchises like Jack and Dexter which I didn't quite uh, click with but I'm not saying they're bad games. Uh, Legacy of Kane as well which I've heard very very good things about and I want to play that game. Uh, with Crystal Dynamics and other uh, others, she departed Naughty Dog in 2014 to work on a Star Wars project at Visceral Games until the studio was closed. I believe that was supposed to be Star Wars 1313. That's getting referenced there. Uh, Beak, meanwhile, brings their own impressive resume with credits at Disney Interactive, Radical Entertainment, United Front Games, and six years at EA working on franchises like Battlefield and Need for Speed. He worked alongside Henning. On Visceral's cancelled Star Wars project, which was yeah, thirteen thirteen. I think that was supposed to be like a bounty hunter type of game or something, but we uh, it never saw the light of day. Both Henning and Beak are joined by a team that, per Skydance, includes developers with decades of AAA experience in action and adventure games, alongside a diverse team of consultants across uh, film, TV, and comics. So uh, sounding very, very good, very, very good indeed. Uh, yeah, she'd left a while ago. She'd left EA and obviously at some point uh, Naughty Dog as well. I think she went from Naughty Dog to EA. And obviously the Star Wars thing, let's say, didn't quite work out. And now she's doing this Marvel game at Skydance with this other person uh, called Beak as well. I think this is very exciting. Uh, it's, it was, uh, let me just quickly read out the, um, what was it described as? Uh, narrative driven blockbuster action adventure game. Uh, so Amy Henning, as far as I understand, for her Naughty Dog work, uh, yeah, did the Uncharted games, or, or like was was a big part of them. I think she left before Uncharted Four came out, though. So she was involved in one, two, and three, which is still a big bulk of the franchise. Um, it sounds promising to me. I mean, it's kind of made me start thinking about what kind of Marvel game you could make that will be similar to an Uncharted game. So a character that's more more fits with sort of action adventure. Uh, it doesn't have to be exactly like Uncharted, but um, it could obviously take some DNA from that. Uh, Jack and Dexter, you could take some uh, elements from those game series. Um, I think she had a small part to play on The Last of Us, but I can't remember exactly what that was. Because I know that uh, obviously Neil Druckmann's the main guy behind Last of Us, but there's also, I think her name is Hayley Gross, uh, who's like a co-narrative lead person or something on, on The Last of Us. Uh, what do you think? Uh, all this, all this, uh, this, this resume with Amy, and uh, how do you think that might translate to a Marvel game? I think it could do okay. I, obviously, it would depend on the style of the game, the combat setup of the game, and any of the game characters involved. Uh, but it's definitely got potential. There's no doubt about doubt about that. So. Mhm. Yeah. And look, I've been saying for not even the past couple of weeks, but a couple of years that I want more Marvel games. 
Uh, whether or not I'll play all of them is a different thing. Obviously, I ditched the uh, the Avengers game, and I didn't quite click with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, the, the new one. Um, but, you know, the Spider-Man games are great. Um, and I'm currently, and I enjoyed, uh, what was it called, the, the Telltale Guardians of the Galaxy game, um, and we've had two Spider-Man games, obviously, since we got a, uh, Wolverine game in development, I'm curious about that Midnight Suns thing as well, um, but yeah, this could be very, very good, uh, I'm trying to think of a character that fits, I mean, apart from Spider-Man, who's kind of a character that you could make an Uncharted-esque game for, obviously, it's probably not going to be Spider-Man, because of, uh, insomniac and you would you would probably want to leave that as its own thing uh what sort of so if we think of action and adventure and i i don't think you've played uncharted but obviously you know what uncharted is uh what character do you think kind of fits that or what what character would you want to be the playable character in this kind of game is the one that you can maybe think of yeah, I mean, pretty much any character from the Daredevil run, Daredevil, mm. Elektra, Bullseye, you know, characters like that could easily fit into that genre. That would, that would be my first guess. Um, if you wanted the two kind of like a semi-soft relaunch from the uh, Netflix Marvel shows, you could do, you know, Daredevil, uh, Punisher, uh, yeah, Iron Fist, uh, Luke Cage. Uh, Luke Cage. Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. Any one of those characters would kind of fit in that game style. So, mm, Yeah. You could do something with Black Panther, maybe. Um, I know he's just had the War for Wakanda thing in the Avengers game, but I think you can still get away with making a uh, Black Panther game. A Captain America game would suit Uncharted kind of style really well. Obviously, you'd be throwing the shield instead of shooting a gun, but... I can kind of imagine that sort of jumping around uh, Hollywood blockbuster kind of thing. That would fit. I, and I, I would really like a good Captain America game as well. I've heard good things actually about the uh, the PS3 game. Which I can't actually get. Because I can't get it on the PlayStation Store. And obviously as I mentioned earlier. My uh, disk drive doesn't work. Um, so I, I, I have seen some footage of that actually. But I'm talking about obviously like a modern AAA game. Because uh, the, the, the only thing I literally liked about the Marvel Avengers game was the Captain America gameplay. But obviously it was weighed down by everything else around it. But some game, some sort of game, like AAA modern game, uh, where you've got like a lot of emphasis on throwing the shield, getting it back, jumping around. There's there's a lot of like action-adventure stuff you could kind of do. Uh, Daredevil would work really well with that, yeah. that would That would be really good. Um, obviously you've already done Miles Morales with, uh, with Insomniac. Um, but those are a few. Da- Daredevil, uh, yeah, Captain America, and who's the other one that said Black Panther, I, I think would be, would be very, very good. Um, you're not, you're not, you're probably not going to do Guardians, because Idos, Idos, uh, Montreal just did that. Um, Jessica Jones might be pretty good she's not quite the sort of martial artist or whatever that daredevil is but she's still got like some fighting skills and stuff uh i iron man doesn't really fit with the action adventure in the same way but then iron man vr was really good uh i don't really think thor fits that quite so much um hawkeye you could do something with that maybe they, they did add hawkeye him. might work yeah they, they did add him to the avengers game as well and maybe you could even include like Kate Bishop and do some some cool stuff. I'm thinking of the types of uh, 
uh, bow and arrow mechanics you get in like Horizon and Breath of the Wild. You could do some uh, action adventure kind of stuff with that. Almost in the same way that you could do like a DC arrow game. That that kind of thing. Uh, so there's there's lots and lots of options. Uh, I've got a lot of trust in Amy to get this right. You know, she's been involved with Jack and Dexter, which again, I don't think is a bad game. It just didn't really click for me. I've heard some really good things about Legacy of Kane that I want to play. And obviously she did Uncharted, which is uh, they're a great uh, game series. So, uh, did you ever play uh, Legacy of Kane at all? Or have you seen much of that? I don't think I have, no. Okay, it's sort of this... Um, I don't even know how to describe him. Uh, a bit like if you took the Predator character, sort of like that, uh, and he jumps around and he flies and I think it would glides or something, that, that kind of thing. So, yeah, this could be uh, really fantastic. And uh, I look forward to seeing when we get, uh, first of all, the announcement of who is going to be in this game. And it could be multiple characters, you know. Uh, we, we we have no idea what type of game we're going to get. My guess would be third-person action. Um, just because that's kind of what Amy's done before. You know, Uncharted, Legacy of Kane, Jack and Dexter. They're all third-person games. Obviously, uh, Walking Dead Saints and Sinners is a uh, first-person zombie game. But um, we shall see. <coughs> we shall see indeed with that. But are you... Uh, I, I don't know about you, but I'm I'm very, very excited for this. What's your kind of excitement level? Uh, I'm sure it'll pick up once we get more information. Until then, it's just idle speculation. Yeah, yeah. So... <clears throat> Alright, uh, speaking of things that aren't quite so good, uh, let's move on to Games with Gold and PS Plus, which have got quite the contrast in difference uh, this time. So this is for, for November uh, 2021, which we are now in. Uh, from November 1st to 30th, you can get Moving Out, I think that's an Xbox One game, or the first two are Xbox One games, uh, so that's the one. Uh, Dead Cans, I think that says? Um, is the second game. I've never seen much of that. Um, then from... Sorry, the, the second game is November 16th to December 15th. I forgot that they do that kind of date stuff, but uh, that's the second game. Then Rocket Knight, which I've never seen before in my life, is November 1st to 15th. And then arguably the best game on this list, uh, Lego Batman 2 uh, DC Superheroes, so the second Lego Batman game, is November 16th to November 30th. Uh, Robert, anything stick out to you? And have you heard of Rocket Knight? Because I have not. I have not heard of any of these games outside the Lego games. Uh, the article lists that one as um, Kingdom Two Crowns. It does look like it says Dead Cards on the box art, but yeah. I'm not quite sure what that is. I haven't had a chance to look on my Xbox to see what it's going to be for next year, for next month rather, for the, towards the end of the month. Um, yeah, my interest is really zero on, on any of those games. Yeah, I've, I've seen some footage of moving out. I'm sure there was a game on Stadia that was really similar, but maybe I'm thinking of something else. Uh, it looks okay. I think I think that's from the same developers of, as Overcooked, because it's got kind of an Overcooked uh, look to it. So I, I, I've seen that before, at like probably at an E3 or something, I, I saw that. Uh, the second game... I've never heard of before. The third game I've never heard of before. But I guess if you like Batman, um, that's there for you. So, But it's it's funny, we keep... Uh, I mean, people keep asking us and, and we keep speculating about, okay, these games with gold are really bad month to month. What are they going to do about it? But it doesn't seem to be changing anytime soon. Like, there's been no announcement of, of any change of any kind to it. 
Um, so I I don't know, but I, I I just think more emphasis is being put onto Game Pass. That's really the that's really what Microsoft wants you to subscribe to, is uh is Game Pass. So mm-hmm. yeah, it uh, it is what it is. But uh, you know, I I look in. I mean, it's not always wise to look at internet comments, but I look at the comments for these when I notice them every month, and people are just taking the piss out of them. Uh, so but it's not our thing to deal with. It's it's up to Microsoft to uh to figure it out so there you go um that's your games with gold for november if you want them uh let's move on to playstation um oh this is the wrong article it says playstation now uh playstation plus there's a right article playstation plus games for november ps5 ps4 games announced there is six games in this list usually there are two or three I've noticed there's been three since the PS5 games started getting added because it was uh, just PS4 games for a while, wasn't it? But there's uh, six games in this list. Um, What have we got here? Uh, It says, first up, we've got First Class um, Trouble. This was the game that was shown off at uh, the State of Play the other day, wasn't it? But I I didn't pay any attention to it. Uh, On both PS4... Uh, and PS5. The game was confirmed for PS Plus during Sony's latest State of Play broadcast. You can take a look at the gameplay trailer here, it says, if you want to see the quirky multiplayer title in action. On top of that, we've got Knockout City uh, on PS5 and PS4, uh, alongside Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning on PS4. The former is a really fun take on Dodgeball, while the latter is a remaster of the combat-heavy PS3 RPG. Uh, then, this is where things get exciting for me, then we've got the PlayStation VR games. Uh, three VR titles, which they've never given us that many before. I think they've given us two or one maybe before, but never given us three up for grabs. Uh, a first for PS Plus, including the highly rated Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, which is the same game I mentioned a minute ago. That's from Amy Henning's uh, Skydance Company. It's joined by The Persistence and Until You Fall. It's also worth noting these three PSVR games are available until... Oh, I didn't know that. It's available until 3rd of January 2022. That's quite a long time, actually. Uh, And then it says, so to recap, uh, November's 2021 uh, PS Plus games are... Uh, First Class Trouble, Knockout City, Kings of Armada, Re-Reckoning, The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, The Persistence, Until You Fall, and the last three games are uh, PSVR games. Um, I've read, I mean, I know what Walking Dead Saints and Sinners is already, because I've already played that. The Persistence, I think, um, that is a horror game, yeah, where you're kind of on a train at certain points. It's almost a bit sort of Dead Space-ish, but in first person in VR, so it sounds terrifying, but I'm, uh, I'm up for playing it. And then Until You Fall is, see if I can get some screenshots for this one. Uh, Fantasy and Synthwave collide in this physically active VR sword fighting game. It's probably not as good as the sword fighting Invader Immortal, but okay. Uh, Grow stronger as you battle through an awesome neon environment and strike down magic-infused monstrosities in this hack-and-slash roguelike type of game. So uh, it sounds kind of interesting as well. Um, And, you know, I'll say this as well. You know, as somebody who is subscribed to PS Plus... If you give me more PSVR games, I'll probably try more of them out. It doesn't really matter sort of what they are. Uh, but the Persistence is like a, a horror survival game and Until You Fall is a sword fighting game. And both sound kind of cool to me. So I'm going to uh, 
check both of those out. But I've been asking for a long time, you know, as a PSVR owner and as somebody who subscribed to PS Plus. You know, we've played quite a good chunk of the PS4 games uh, that, that are available. And most of the PS4, PS4 games that come out every month I've either heard of or seen before or have no interest in or already played. So they're usually ones that I don't really go to. But there is quite a lot of VR games that I either haven't brought or haven't played or, or whatever. So that's, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to trying both those two out. And I think they're available... Uh, all the six, sorry, all the all the six PS Plus games will be available to download from next Tuesday. That's the second of November, so that date's already gone. So you can go and download them now, uh, which is cool. Um, are you going to try? I know you haven't got a VR unit. Are you going to try any of the other three games? Um, I'm definitely interested in trying First Class Trouble because I've seen a couple streamers that I follow play it. It looks like um. You know, a semi-co-op murder simulator along the lines of games like that, but with like a really, really, really crazy high production value. Um, the problem is, is that the day the game went live was also the day that it went live on PlayStation, and all the servers crashed. Oh, all right. Uh, Kingdoms of Amalur, that actually has a very long and very storied history as a, a game being developed. It was originally part of 38 Studios, which was uh, founded by former uh, MLB champion uh, Kurt Schilling. And he started up the company with Todd McFarland and a former EA executive. And then they started in like 2008, launched the game in 2012, and the company went bankrupt three months later. And then the city of Maryland sued them over some stuff. It's it's a deep rabbit hole to go down if you want to look up stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Um, so if let's just say let's do a hypothetical. So if you had a VR unit, the other three games I mentioned, would you be interested in those? I know it's kind of a hypothetical, uh, but I mean, I definitely try them um, since they are free and my uh, PS Plus subscription is still active. Um, there's no harm in not trying. I don't know if I'd stick with them. Uh, I've not played a VR game in like ten years, and this is like back when arcades were a thing and you would go and put on the big bulky helmet and do yeah, the yeah. janky ugly vr shooting game for five minutes and it cost <laughs> you 20 bucks yeah yeah no, i kind of remember some of those as well yeah um so those are your ps plus games a great selection i'm really looking forward to the the other two um i'm tempted to try out like knockout city but just not right now so but then i can download them to my library and uh check them out anytime i suppose yeah so. that's a game you definitely want to get with like a couple of friends to play on the same same team if you try it with the randos it just turns into a clusterfuck real quick mm-hmm. yeah i've uh just want to throw this in this will won't take very long uh so there was this thing that came out about the avengers game uh about they are going to take the that you know they had the the buffer microtransactions the thing that they mm-hmm. said that they weren't going to put into the game when they initially talked about it but then they went back on their word a year two two years later or whatever uh new things come out uh crystal dynamics were um what does it say here uh crystal dynamics was the wrong fit for marvel's avengers given its lack of experience with the games as a service model says square enix that's interesting that's come out from square enix um square enix president Yosuke uh, said the company needed to learn from the game's disappointing performance. 
Uh, that's putting it kind of lightly. Um, there's a little paragraph I just want to sort of read out here. Uh, Marvel's Avengers was an ambitious title for us that we took on the games as a service model. Uh, said the same person. We overcame a variety of unexpected difficulties in the final phase of the game's development, including needing to transition to work from home due to the pandemic. Uh, we were able to uh, surmount, yeah, surmount these challenges and release the game, but it has unfortunately not proven as successful as we would have liked. Nevertheless, taking on the games as a service uh, model highlighted issues we are likely to face in future. Um, Game development efforts such as the need to select uh, game designs that mesh uh, with the unique attributes and tastes of our studios and development teams. While the new challenge uh, that we tackled with this title is uh, sorry produced a disappointing outcome, we are certain that the games as a service approach will uh, grow in importance as gaming becomes more service oriented. I think some of us don't want that though. So yeah. Uh, how we go about creating new experiences by incorporating this trend in our game design is key and uh, is sorry is a key question that we will need to answer going forward. Um, I just want to point out one particular thing here, right? Uh, sure, you know that the work from home switch from the pandemic and everything has been difficult on you know TV and film and video, m most notably video games, because you could still you know get your cast vaccinated or uh but like for, for for your sets for tv because obviously you have to film those people uh on on sets and obviously they've you know tv tv production's pretty much back to normal and film production i i'm not really okay with accepting like oh we we struggled because it says here we overcame a variety of unexpected difficulties in the final phase of the game's development including needing to transition to work from home due to the pandemic this pandemic has been going on for over a year, and that's the first time I've ever seen a video game company say, like, okay, our issue was this specific thing. Um, if you get into a situation, because it started, what, March 2020, all the, the start of the lockdowns and everything, and the game came mm -hmm. out in September, so obviously you had a few months after that, they should have just simply taken a route that... Um, okay, some people would have moaned at them for it, but if you got to se October, September, whenever the, whenever the game went gold, and you thought, okay, this work from home thing has like slowed us down, uh, which is understandable. Just you should have just delayed the game then, if if that's the case. I mean, they're not the only company that should have done that. Obviously, you know, we talked about CD Projekt Red with with The Witcher, sorry, with uh, Cyberpunk, how they should have delayed that. Uh, I, I know it was delayed a few times before, but they should have delayed it again. Um, I'm not really accepting the whole, oh, we had to work from home, so we had to release a bad game. That's, that's sort of what they're trying to say. Uh, I I don't accept that as an excuse. Um, what do you think of what has been said here? Uh, I mean, it's a lot of fluff about nothing. Uh, at the end of the day, that's what your QA team is for, to know if something is good or not, and then they chose to release it, so... Everything else is just an excuse. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's that's just the one thing I'm like, okay, nobody else has complained about this in, in that specific way, or at least not that I've seen. Um, but th them saying we had to work from home so our game turned out bad, like, nah, I don't, nah. You, you didn't have to release the game in September. Um, plus there was no, like, you know, like with um, tie-in 
video games that we used to get, how they used to come out, like, try to get them to come out around the same time as the film. There was none of, like, any of that either. So there, there wasn't, like, an Avengers film about to come out. In fact, in 2020, as far as I remember, there was no uh, Marvel content whatsoever. So there was no reason the game had to come out in September. Uh, so they should have just delayed it, I think. So, yeah. But, I, I mean, it's an acknowledgement that they went wrong. And I guess I appreciate that somewhat. So, there we go. Uh, let's move on to some very exciting news, at least uh, exciting for me. Which is why I included it in the show, so I could talk about it. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 uh, is a possibility. And this is from, uh, they're called VGA, their video games, sorry, VGC, Video Games Chronicle, which we've used a few times before. Uh, they've started cropping up with a few more, like, reliable news stories, so uh, uh, good on them for doing that. Uh, it says Modern Warfare, sorry, Modern Warfare 2's campaign will reportedly, I don't like that word, but it's written here, uh, feature a morality system. More details on the unannounced shooter have been revealed. So this news came out on Halloween. Obviously, we did a show before that. Modern Warfare 2, the next game in the Call of Duty franchise, will feature an overhaul, overhauled campaign system, including a morality system. According to a new report, uh, VGC, so Video Game Chronicle, has uh, partially verified. The campaign, which is reported to be gritty and unrelenting, I like that, I'll get back to that in a second, uh, is said to take inspiration from films like Sicario, which I need to see the sequel of, actually, Traffic and No Country for Old Men. I haven't seen No Country for Old Men, but uh, Sicario is a good. Uh, if you want, if you want to base a war game off of a film, that's a pretty good one to uh, to, to to go by. Uh, this matches with information VGC previously cited from sources that Infinity War, uh, sorry, that the Infinity War uh, sequel would be focused around a battle against uh, Colombian drug cartels. So kind of. Um, what was that show called? Narcos, wasn't it? I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's the other show that's done that? Did Ozark do that before? Um, they've done, they've done like drug cartel stuff. Like, yeah, that like was that. the whole premise of Ozark was a drug cartel. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, that's what like Breaking Bad gets into as well. I just couldn't remember mm-hmm. if they were Colombian specific, but it was still like drug cartels and that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, it would be focused around the battle against uh, drug cartels uh, the game will feature a moral compass it's claimed which will be influenced by certain decisions that the player makes it has been likened to Red Dead Redemption's to Honor System which I really liked uh, this is said to have a large impact on the campaign so something very different to compared to what Call of Duty's ever done before to my knowledge anyway uh, Modern Warfare 2 will reportedly feature realistic gore and the limbs sorry the loss of limbs during battle it's claimed it said that enemies will attempt to put pressure on their wounds in an attempt to stop the bleeding. I, I love all these details. Uh, according to the latest report, uh, reporting, during high intensity moments, your character will react accordingly. Uh, throughout an ambush sequence where your patrol vehicle is under attack from hostile fire, the character you're playing as is uh, visibly shaken up, struggling to insert the magazine, of course, reloading uh, with like trembling hands. So like that war sort of... PTSD kind of stuff I guess and you know obviously a stressful situation the game is also set to introduce weapon jam animations and the ability to recover bullets uh, that the player has uh, wasted via jamming it's claimed 
this is from somebody on called uh, Ralph on Twitter. Infinity Awards uh, rumored 2022 title because tw- the 2021 title, which is about to come out, is Call of Duty Vanguard. So this is for next year's title. Uh, rumored 2022 title, Modern Warfare 2 campaign campaign details, and then it goes into everything I just mentioned. Uh, the campaign information matches reporting earlier in the year uh, by credited insider Tom Henderson and what uh, VGC has heard from its own sources. It looks like Call of Duty 2022 is codenamed Project Cortez. Uh, Henderson tweeted in September it is expected to be a sequel to Modern Warfare 2019. Uh, Project Cortez first appeared in a datamined list of GeForce Now games this week with Infinity Ward listed as developer. Since the 2019 installment, sub- subsequent Call of Duty releases have hand- have been handled by Treyarch, Raven and Sledgehammer Games meaning Modern Warfare developed Infinity Ward will have had three years to prepare its sequel. Uh, Activism recently confirmed that all of its core studios are now working on the Call of Duty franchise, which I think is nine studios, which is ridiculous, but Anyway, I've talked about that before. Uh, this sounds awesome to me. All this, like, uh, I've talked before about, you know, interactivity and features within games. And, uh, I mean, look, if you're going to describe to me a Call of Duty campaign to be gritty and unrelenting, that that's pretty much in line with what I expect, what we should get. Because, let's be honest, if you're going to tell a war story and it's going to be particularly, like, gritty and unrelenting and like violent as war ends up tending to be you really got to go for it with with that kind of stuff because you know the people that are shooting you the people that you're shooting in a war situation they're not gonna hold back if if an enemy thinks they could blow your leg off in order to get you which obviously gets into the limb thing we talked about here they would do it so i kind of like that that is potentially what's going to be portrayed in this game. How that works into multiplayer is obviously a different aspect. But, um, yeah, if the campaign's going to get into that and it's going to have, like, you know, just really gritty, dark war storylines, that's kind of what I expect because, you know, it's a gritty, war, dark situation. So, uh, that sounds really good. Um, what was the other thing? The honor system is uh, interesting. I wonder how that will kind of feature. I'm not really sure what to make of the honor thing at the moment uh the whole you know your vehicle's under attack your character's like panicking you're having to you're struggling to reload your gun weapons can get jammed uh what was the other thing written here uh, about limbs and stuff i uh, can't find where it's gone but it said about like you know putting pressure on like wounds and and that sort of thing um yeah all of this sounds very very good to me and in the back of my mind, right, because I've still been playing 2019's Modern Warfare, which is the game that's uh, referenced in here. You know, I've looked at uh, what Cold War did and what Vanguard looks to do. And I just think that with Infinity Ward, they just produce games that are levels above the, the other games in the series. Because my other favourite games in the series are Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare, the 2007 game. And the 2009, I think, game, uh, which is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. That's the the original Modern Warfare 2. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 was was pretty good, but it sort of missed the mark a little bit. Um, but that sounds great to me. These are the kind of things I kind of 
expect in a war game but then if you're going to try and push it a bit further and have more interactive elements like your weapon getting jammed and I assume some of these are going to be sort of in scripted segments which is fine um but yeah it's that's 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 what war sounds like and this is a war game so that's kind of what I uh why I expect uh so it sounds like infinity if all this turns out to be true um then it sounds like infinity wars made a very good game uh what would you think of uh all of this uh I I mean, it sounds good on paper. I've never been much of a first-person shooter game. I've said that number of times on the podcast. It's just not really a genre I get that into. Um, the only one that I even play on a semi-regular basis is the Halo, and that's just because it's, you know, it's got a gun that shoots pink spikes. I mean, it's <laughs> a little different than most of the quote-unquote realistic shooters. It doesn't go that direction. Um, outside of that, I mean, if the fans love it, great. You know, the fans don't like it, and do better next time. Not really much more I can say. Yeah, yeah, it's true. What do you think of the uh, the features that are mentioned here, like shake, like the struggling to reload your gun, and uh, like the, the the loss of limbs and that sort of thing? Really, that just kind of depends on how it's implemented in game. I mean, you can say all the cool stuff you want, but if it doesn't translate into a better gameplay experience, then it's just nothing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll have to see how this works out. Obviously, it's going to be a while before we see anything from this game um but uh cause obviously vanguard isn't even here yet but um yeah sounds uh it sounds pretty good to me so far so there we go uh switch things over to the the game that's about to come out which is call of duty vanguard where is the tab for this that i had uh let me just quickly find this thing i think i've got to scroll down a little bit uh, there we go. Uh, this is from uh, Push Square, which I've used a few times. Uh, Call of Duty Vanguard's PS5, PS4 perks are a bit embarrassing, is the title for this. This is what, uh, and then it says in like a subtitle, this is what a marketing deal gets you. I haven't actually properly read this yet, so it'd be interesting to see what this is. Uh, it says, remember when platform holders used to sign meaningful marketing arrangements? Uh, we lived through the entire PS3 uh, generation, so having to um, we recall having to wait for Call of Duty maps and packs, uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 expansions in this cross in this era of cross-platform play. However, manufacturers are simply are still desperately trying to cling onto the concept of exclusive, in quotes, perks. And Call of Duty Vanguards are a bit embarrassing. While this is ultimately good news for all potential players of the first-person shooter, regardless of platform, the PlayStation blog uh, post um, makes for some slightly amusing reading. Did you know, for example, that those who purchase a Battle Pass bundle for either the new game or Call of Duty Warzone uh, on PlayStation will get five uh, additional tier skips? Um... Tear skips, tear skips. Okay, so like into the uh, the battle pass. That's a total of 25 um, tear skips. Uh, a desperate Daniel Noel exclaimed, who uh, clearly using his role at Activision right now. Sorry, ruin, ruining? Ruining his uh, role at Activision right now. Uh, but that's not all readers. Oh no, PlayStation Plus subscribers will get a free uh, in-game bundle featuring an Operator, a new operator skin, weapon blueprint, and much more. PlayStation 5 and PS4 players can also look forward to a 25% boost to weapon XP when playing 
in parties that's a bit strange and exclusive in quotes monthly double xp window that will last for 24 hours at most uh, and finally um it says the p, p- something resistance something in french is written there the peers to resistance that's it yeah uh two additional loadout slots uh and then that's the end of of this thing so i'm just trying to figure this out uh battle pass those who purchase a battle pass bundle for either the new game or warzone on playstation 5 will get count them five additional tier skips that's a total of 25 tier skips uh i don't really get the um uh ps4 ps5 and 4 players can look forward to a 25 percent boost to weapon xp when playing in parties everyone's going to be able to do that though because you can just party up with if everybody knows that going into the game you just you could just invite random people to your game and just press go so yeah that doesn't really that's not as special as it might sort of sound uh an exclusive monthly double xp windows that will last for 24 hours um i'll tell you one of the reasons this sticks out as being quite strange these are the the weapon and level xp tokens you can get in call of duty they just get thrown out like what's an analogy to use like candy at halloween like you can just grab as many as you kind of uh, uh, as you want. Now I've haven't bought a battle pass since season one because I didn't really like them. So this idea of like oh you can get weapon XP and double XP in like all these special ways. When you're on the main menu of Call of Duty Modern Warfare, uh, or at least my main menu, if I click in the right button, it gives me options to select like double weapon xp for an hour or double xp for two hours or something and i've got loads of coins uh or like i think they're called tokens and you get them kind of all the time so yeah these being kind of like exclusive things um they're they're not gonna add up to too much it 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 sounds like i'm just judging this based off what's written here and what i know already i don't know if things changed in um black ops cold war but uh yeah what i'm trying to basically explain is these double xp tokens you can get you can get them very easily um and you don't even really need them like i've never really felt like oh i need to level up quicker i i i should use a token so i don't know but uh does this sound as weird to you as it does to myself and the person who's written this on push square yeah, it does sound a bit weird, but like I said, not really a game I play, so I don't really have the context for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's a bit strange. It's a bit strange. It's just funny how <laughs> with the Cold War series and with the like other games, uh, apart from Modern Warfare series, they always seem to just not do something properly. And I don't know. Like that that's just why I wait for that's just why I'm gonna be on this cycle of waiting for the next Modern Warfare game because they seem to just get things right. So yeah. Uh which is what I kind of was praising a minute ago, all these different like campaign ideas and stuff. So anyway, that's uh, what you can look forward to for Call of Duty Vanguard. Uh, I might rent it and just try it out at some point, but I can't see myself switching over to it. So there we go. Uh, anyway, that's all my news for, for all that. I know I've gone on for a, a bit of time there. Uh, what do you want to talk about today as well? 
Well, first off, uh, PAX South has been canceled indefinitely. Uh, from the article I'm reading here, uh, everybody knows that conventions have had a really rough time since COVID hit. Uh, a lot of places still aren't really comfortable with the idea of you know, tens of thousands of people cramped shoulder to shoulder. Uh, the official PAX Twitter account uploaded a statement confirming the news of the in, of the cancellation indefinitely, while also highlighting the effect that the event hasn't expanded in a meaningful way since it debuted in 2015. Quote, while each of our other events have flourished, some of them drawing hundreds of thousands of attendees from around the world, PAX South hasn't expanded and to some extent has remained the same show that it was when it was opened in 2015. PAX organizer Reed Pop explained, Faced with that reality and compounded by the impact of the pandemic, we have made the difficult decision to bring PAX South to an end for the foreseeable future. Now, I know they just started back up conventions uh, where you're at. Um, I know MCM and another one were there recently. Have you gone to a convention recently or... Uh, last one I went to was March 2019. That was where I met Nikki Rapp, who obviously is a is a friend of the show. Uh, there wasn't any in 2020, and I think that the newest one that's just happened is the one that David just went to, that he talked about on uh, on Geek Town. I think that was MCM mm-hmm. Birmingham, was it? Or was it London? I think it was London. Um, but now that they've kind of started up again, I'm going to aim for the uh, London mcm in march which is next year because the one that was uh the one that took place in october i didn't even know about until like a few weeks ago so i'll uh i'll keep my eye on march uh 2022 so because the the one i actually went to before was a walker stalker convention obviously that's like walking dead centric uh and that company actually closed down because there was some uh bad stuff happening basically so some like fraudulent kind of things that were going on but uh you know, you get like a mix of guests at uh, MCM. Obviously, that's, that's that's the thing I care about doing there, which is actually going up to the actual, you know, actors and stuff and meeting them and saying hi and, and that sort of thing. Because I really enjoyed doing that uh, at the MCM two years ago. So, and obviously met a very good person in uh, Nikki as well. So that uh, worked out pretty well. Um, have you ever gone to conventions or anything? I know you're in the US, so it's a bit different. Yeah, actually, the city that I live in hosts conventions constantly. It is a big, big go-to destination uh, for conventions because the the convention center downtown is massive. Uh, Pre-COVID, Gen Con was kind of the biggest gaming conviction. They would get 60,000, 70,000 a year. Uh, Let me see what the schedule is right now. Um, and it's a wide variety of conventions, uh, upcoming events. So, yeah, right now um, there's the Indiana Conference for Women. Uh, there's a Fitness Expo. There's a Farming Expo, uh, a Catholic Youth Conference, Performance Racing, um, America Firefighter uh, Challenge, National Cheerleading Challenge, Home and Garden Showcase, uh, all kinds of stuff. Um, they're getting ready to host the uh, college football championships, American football, obviously, um, here in January. So, yeah, I've been to a few conventions. Uh, Pre-COVID, there was one basically every other weekend for some event mm-hmm. or another. Cool, cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, I look forward to going to another one. Obviously, it's been a long time. 
but uh, yeah, I, I look forward to it. But you said this one's been, uh, the, I think you said the PAX one, it's been cancelled. Yeah, PAX so. South. I think that's the one in Austin. I know it's in Texas, but... Okay, okay. So, yeah, I'll, I'll look forward to going to some more of them soon. So, uh, it's a shame that that one got cancelled, but uh, you'll probably start to see a few more of them now, now that things are a bit more under control at least. So, we shall see. Uh, all right, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, speaking of getting cancelled, last week t- we talked about Reflect, which was coming out with a gamer-centric skincare product designed to, quote, heal and protect against blue light damage. Um, that product and the streamer, uh, Rachel, Rachel Valkyrie Hofstetter, have both been canceled after a strong negative backlash throughout the whole week. Um, the she the Valkyrie has not streamed since announcing she was trying to get out of her contact with ref, contract with Reflect because of all the backlash. Um, Reflect, the company that was behind it, initially declined to make their science air quotes scientific studies public, and then just up and canceled the entire product line. So it has been a clusterfuck of insanity with that product. I've been trying to follow it all week. Um, some big name streamers who are friends with Valkyrie um, have released uh, DMs back and forth talking about how she made a mistake, how she was naive, blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm sorry. Once you get past 25, you don't get to claim you're naive. You should at least know enough to know somebody to ask in terms of anything, especially if your brand is centered around your identity. Because once that's gone it's gone and it's damn near impossible to get back. Um, so she should have done more research on the front end, had a lawyer read the contract, the back end. And I'm not blaming her for their product. I am blaming her for accepting to endorse their product. That's completely on her. Um, but it's just one of those things that nobody wins out of this whole situation. Mm. Yeah. I suppose it is, isn't it? Um, but yeah, you know, there's a certain amount of, this was what we were talking about before. I think when we talked about, this was a few months ago, we talked about that Bitcoin thing. Oh yeah. And I, and I, yeah. And I went on a speech about like, um, you know, these sort of like younger influencers that get a bit too carried away and how they treat certain things and whatnot. And some of those people, I'm not saying this woman is, but some of those certain people, are just not quite mature enough to handle the more serious side of that. Like some some of those younger influencers, uh, such as the the I think I said the Paul brothers before th- those types of people that can just mm-hmm. kind of they don't think before they do certain things, and you know they they're all, they're old enough to to know better about what they're doing, but they just get too carried away with like fame and whatever else. So, uh, it's, it's, it's unfortunate and, you know, some younger people do follow those types of people and look up to them, but, uh, sometimes it, uh, it does or doesn't work out. So, or sometimes some of those types of people will do something bad and then get away with it and then they, they keep going. So, but, um, but yeah, uh, what was you about to say? I was going to say a lot of, of that kind of depends on the person's background yeah, and how much they worked at non-public life jobs before they got famous because if you look at all the streamers and whatnot that crash and burn 
they never had to slog through menial labor. They never had to work in a soul-crushing office job for a few years. Now they turned 18, got on the internet, and insta-fame, insta-money. And they just have no uh, perspective on handle how to handle anything. And they just get everything thrown at them so they have no reason to think that money train is ever going to end. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the best example is it's more famous over here in the States because there's so much more you know, money in professional sports, but there's a countless number of stories of uh, pro athletes that once they retire, they're bankrupt in three to five years because they don't have that. They come from, most of them come from like literal nothing. Like one of my favorite athletes right now is a guy by the name of Darius Leonard. He is a linebacker for the Colts. Absolute monster of a human being. Best linebacker in the game. He grew up, Three of his brothers are in jail, two for murder, and he had to watch his mom go through all that pain of watching yet another son and yet another son and yet another son go to jail. So he's got that mentality of nothing I do will hurt my mother again. And so everything he's done in his career has been to protect himself, protect his family, and to never have to deal with any kind of struggle again. But then you get players that have this fight mentality of, Got to fight for it, got to fight for it, got to fight for it. And then you get literally $20 million overnight and you just spend, spend, spend because the money keeps on coming in. They never learn to not spend. It's that impulse control that they don't have. And then those are the ones that go broke. And mm-hmm. it's unfortunate, but it's their money. They can do what, what they want them, which I know is kind of a, a distant tangent, but it goes back to what I was saying is like, I don't know her personal background, but. You know, if you start streaming at 18, get popular, next thing you know, you're making 100 grand a month just being on the internet. What makes you think that's ever going to stop? So you just go to the next thing that makes you money and go to the next thing that makes you money until reality slaps you in the face. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Um, all right, what else do you want to talk about? Uh, well, the big news that came out this week, and this is my last article, uh, back in May. Sega expressed a desire to create what it called a super game. So that's not dramatic enough. Super game! (laughs) Uh, Within the next five years. Uh, Now the publisher has entered into a strategic alliance with Microsoft, which plans to use the tech giant's Azure Cloud platforming to power those ambitious plans. Announced in a press release, Sega announced it had partnered with Microsoft to produce a, quote, large-scale global game in a next-generation development environment. Notably, Sega cited cities in the announcement that had widespread deployment of 5G for this push into cloud tech, both in how it makes the games and how it distributes them. At the core of this partnership with Sega's yet still undisclosed Super Game project, initially described as a pitch to create a new IP with global reach, uh, this week's announcement only elaborated with vague Uh, PR buzzwords like global online community and IP utilization. Uh, This is not the first partnership that Sega has done with uh, Microsoft. Back in the early 360 days, they tried a well-intentioned but not massively well-received exclusive publishing of popular JRPG titles on the 360. Uh, Some of them notably uh, Blue Dragon and Panzer Dragoon. Obviously, Microsoft has never really been big in Japan, but hopefully this partnership will knock down a few doors. 
Hmm. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Uh, we'll see what sort of comes from it. Uh, when you said super game, and obviously Sega, I was thinking straight away of Sonic, because mm-hmm. you know he's kind of super powered in in a way. Uh, apparently, that's uh, not not super game enough for them. I suppose they they need they need something else. Well, but, what uh, I like and what holds my real interest in this is that it's a new IP, and I've said this, I don't know how many times. I'm cool with remakes. I'm cool with remakes, but the games that I always get excited about are the new IPs because you get to go into something completely fresh. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I I get what you mean. Um, I mean, it's good to have a, a mix of both, you know, sequels to franchises that you can trust. And, uh, you know, as, as I keep saying, you know, remakes and remasters of 90s games uh, or games that are very good from the past. So, obviously, we're getting the uh, the GTA remasters as well. Uh, they're not 90s games, but they're, like, still retro games and stuff. Because it feeds into, the you know, the uh, preservation of uh, old games and stuff. But, yeah. New IP is very exciting, as long as the new IP has uh, some good ideas. Um, I'm not really quite familiar enough with uh, Sega to re- outside of Sonic to really know what they're quite capable of, but then maybe they could surprise me. We'll, we'll see what this is. Uh, but Microsoft's involved, so that might be good. And we'll just have to, uh, to, to see what this is, really. So, yeah. Uh, what do you, what do you yeah. think this might be? Uh, hard telling. I mean, Sega does have a history of online games, most notably being the uh, Fantasy Star online series. Uh, That was on OG Xbox, that was on GameCube, uh, that had several different releases and several different iterations, so it could be something like that. And I know we talked about it before on the podcast, but it was a really, really long time ago. Back in the mid-90s, Sega had a streaming service for its games through cable internet providers over here in the States. Never really took off because it was just way too far ahead of its time. You know, this is in the era of 2400 baud modem dial-up internet and their streaming games. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that is the literal definition of way ahead of its time. So it's not like it's without precedent. We'll just have to see how it gets implemented. But partnering with Microsoft definitely gives it the hardware tech that it needed to pull something like that off. Yeah, yeah, should be cool. Should be cool. Uh, you said that was your last thing? Yep, that's my last one. Cool. I've just seen something else come in regarding EA and Battlefield. And this is, I find, very interesting. It says, EA sees tremendous demand for Battlefield 2042 and overwhelmingly positive feedback following data, uh, following the, the, the beta, uh, which I struggle very much to see as the truth uh, while there was some conversation around some aspects CEO Andrew Wilson said it's not unnatural in a beta uh, feedback to be used to improve the game it doesn't mention a delay here because I think this game's supposed to be out this month um, somebody's put in the comments here overwhelming uh, overwhelmingly positive what the fuck yeah that doesn't make any sense that uh, reminds me of a video game company that named its uh, um, company overwhelmingly positive so that when it was listed in Steam titles, people would mistake that for the review. Cool. That got uh, shut down pretty hard pretty quick. Yeah. Somebody else has put here, that beta made me lose game in the... made me lose hype in the game. I got what I was expecting and enjoyed it, but it just felt 
Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a terrible beta. I, I, I really did. I mean, I didn't even spend that much time in it, but... I mean, I explained, what was it, a couple of weeks ago when I played the beta, my uh, impressions of it. So I, I have no idea where they're getting the overwhelmingly positive feedback. Because I even watched several YouTube videos uh, of people's impressions of the game. And they were all negative towards it. They enjoyed, like, certain little parts. Uh, I did see someone say, like, oh, you know, it still looks good and that. And I just, whatever. <laughs> Uh, you you can't launch a broken game just because it looks good. Um, but I even saw some additional footage of like some tank gameplay. I th- I think and it just looked like a mess. So I'm I'm not sure who's lying to them or not lying. I'm not sure who's telling them that this game is good. Um, but yeah, this this other bit here. While the conversation around some aspects, sorry, while there was some conversation around some aspects, CEO Andrew Wilson said it's not un natural in a beta i've played better betas that have been much much better than that um i remember the alpha actually for modern warfare the the 2v they did like this 2v2 alpha for call of duty modern warfare and that was what got me back into call of duty so you can do a very good uh obviously beta comes you know after the 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 alpha test um and I, I've played other betas that have been much better than, than what I played in that before. So I I hope this game doesn't get released in this state. Um, because I don't think it's going to go down very well. So yeah. Uh, what do you think of that uh, situation with Battlefield? Again, didn't play it. Didn't really keep up on it. So I can't really comment. Yeah. Do you think it should delay the game though? Or uh, I don't know. I mean in a sane world... Yeah, they would delay the game till it's in a better state, but we stopped being in a sane world a long time ago. That's that's true. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, um, we'll see how that goes. Good luck, EA. <laughs> uh, yeah, you you need to delay you need not delay the game to a few weeks. You need to push that to next year because it wasn't good. Uh, anyway, let's move on to some feedback, emails, questions, whatever. Uh, if you'd like to send those into the show, uh, Matthew Entertainment Talk dot org, Twitter eTalk UK contact page information in your show notes. If you also want to, if you're looking on the post for this uh, page, uh, sorry, if you're looking on the uh, episode, but the uh, blog post version, you can scroll down a bit and you'll see a big email box. You can use that as well. Put your message and email in. Uh, you can also copy and paste, or just click on the email name it's listed there as well, and you can use that. Uh, quite a simple email here from Harrison. Uh says, Hey Matt, I guess you asked and received with Amy's Marvel game. Uh, I did, didn't I? This is what I was asking for. Um, you know, whether or not that that game's any good. Because just, just because she's got a good track record, it doesn't mean every game that she's going to make is going to be fantastic. Um, but I got what I asked for, which was more Marvel games. I mean, Christmas is a bit... It's not quite happening yet, but... <laughs> Uh, you know, I asked for more Disney and DC games, basically, and, uh, we'll see what happens. I, I just want, I, I want a few more announcements of a few more DC games, because we've only got, like, two in the pipeline. Um, we've got, obviously, the other Warner Brothers game, the Harry Potter game that I'm looking forward to, or, of course, Legacy, but, um, yeah, some more DC games would be good, um, I, I think as well. Um, what about you? Do you want more, uh... Disney and DC games, or what? What do you sort of want more from in uh, those genres? 
Uh, don't really have anything that I need that much. It would be cool if I could get uh, a couple more decent Marvel games. Um, I haven't had a chance to check out your impressions for Guardians of the Galaxy, but I am interested a little bit in it because it follows more of the comic book than the movies, which is a good thing because there was a lot of retooling of some of the comic book characters that I was not the biggest fan of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but uh, would you want more Warner Brothers games, Disney games, DC games? Which which sort of one? I mean, those are all kind of on the same par in terms of interest. I mean, Warner Brothers, we've got mm-hmm. God knows how many of those between the different IPs. Um, Disney, there's a mountain of them. Same with uh, DC games. So it's not like we're lacking in any real group for any of those. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so... We shall see. Uh, Sam, uh, I don't know if this is a he or a she, so I'm just going to say they instead. Uh, but Sam says uh, most, because Sam's a unisex name, isn't it? So mm-hmm. um, uh, says uh, most listeners have been asking you what you do want from games announcements, uh, games slash announcements, sorry. Uh, the question is, uh, what don't you want to see in games going forward? Thanks, and keep up the great work. Thank you very much. We, we, we try. I, I, I try. I'm uh, very busy, but I try. Um, things that we don't want in games. Uh, the, I mean, games that are launched too early, such as what might happen with Battlefield. Uh, microtransactions, battle passes, overstuffed open world games, uh, which I think I mentioned a few weeks ago. Um, like, you don't need to have a game that you're spending 60 hours in just going to question marks. Uh, in fact, I don't even want that anymore. Um. Yeah, other things that I don't want. I mean, all all the basic, just nasty things. Like we do, we don't. No, nobody really likes microtransactions. Nobody likes battle passes. Um, or like, because we we tend. I I sort of noticed as well. We tend to get less paid DLC, and more just here's a battle pass or here's a uh, instead of paid DLC, we more sort of get like here's a uh, what are they called roadmap. And mm-hmm. if you buy our season one pass, you get this DLC. So DLC has all, 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 almost been kind of changed in that way, where instead of like, hey, here's GTA, uh, Battle of the Gay Tony, or um, what was the first one called? The Liberty City, Liberty City Stories or whatever it was for, for GTA 4. Um, or I remember when uh, Call of Duty didn't have battle passes, and it was, hey, here's uh, like four new maps. Can you give us like... A small amount of money for those maps and I think it was like new weapons and stuff but you didn't get the same content that you got in a battle pass which is like you know emotes and all sorts of nonsense um, but uh, yeah things are kind of just changing that way and obviously micro- microtransactions have played a big part in that loot boxes as well uh, all, all that kind of stuff is just bad for gaming as, as well unless it's in you know we've argued before about you know free to play mobile games where that's more where that market suit is uh, <coughs> uh is suited towards. Um but uh what do you not want to see in games going forward? Uh what I don't want to see is games as a service. Yes. With something like an MMO, that makes sense for games as a service because it that is the entire setup of the game, is that it's a monthly thing. Obviously monthly subscriptions are a thing of the past. Um New World that I'm playing is an MMO, but it was a one-time purchase, and so far 
there, there is like cosmetic skins that you can spend money to get, but they're cosmetic, so they don't affect gameplay, so it's not a pay-to-win thing. But some games don't need to be a games service. The the battle passes I'm actually okay with because it shows content, and the bat purchasing the battle pass is what funds the development of that content. Now, if it doesn't come out, then obviously that becomes an issue with you know selling something that you didn't deliver on, which gets into that whole Fallout 76 fiasco at that launch. Um, but yeah, games as a service that can get chucked in the bin and never come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my main point that I want to put onto that is start giving me games that have just got more quality than quantity, because that, that means that that's quite important to me as well. Like that's more single players get player game focused. Obviously if you've got like a, destiny or call of duty you want to throw as much as at the player as mm-hmm. possible so that they stick around but if i'm playing a single player game just make your gamers not like short so that you're just rushing through it but um yeah just i, I want more developers to think of quality over quantity um because you won't get more money from your game if you make me play it longer you know like, what, mm. like if I'm to buy, let's say Metroid Dread. Like if I'm to buy a copy of Metroid Dread, I I buy it and you've got my money and that's it. There's no sort of like me sticking around for months and buying battle passes and stuff. So you don't need to make a single player game, fifty, sixty, whatever hours. Um, so just just you know make your make your story shorter, better. Um. Give me like some side stuff too. Some some side stuff can work really well, and obviously you can get some cool upgrades for certain characters and whatnot. But yeah, just uh, let let's let's filler with some of the single player games. I think so. And stop reselling Skyrim every three years. <laughs> yeah, that's not even an exaggeration because I think there's a PS5 special edition or something. So no, there's the there's like some ultimate edition coming out. Yeah, yeah, something like that for for PS5. So who would? Have I mean, thought... it's for everybody. It's a Skyrim Anniversary Edition, is what it's called. Okay, and it's what coming they... out on all platforms. What are they going to call the next one? The Ultimate Edition, and then the uh-huh. Special Edition, and then the Limited Edition, and then the. Uh... Do you remember? Do you remember when we did that podcast and we talked about the Division or something, mm-hmm. and they had like the Phoenix version. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, they're, they're going to call it that next. Or the, uh... I don't Elder know. Scrolls V Skyrim Anniversary Edition launches November 11th. Ten years to the day since the original game came out. So they're launching it on 11-11-11. Uh, it launched 11-11-11, so now it's launching 11-11-21. Uh, Special yeah. Edition, Origins DLC, Dungard, Hearthfire, Dragonborn, uh, 4K for next gen... All 48 previous release Creation Club items, 26 new Creation Club items. Hmm. Yeah, so Skyrim. If you, I still haven't played and finished it. I don't know. If, I don't think you have either. Me neither. No. And then I just wander off and get bored. Yeah, yeah. It's one of them games where people buy it like four different times and never finish it. So, yeah. I bought it once too, but you know that was the special edition that came out. Hmm. What this special edition or the <laughs> which special edition? When they relaunched edition? it as a special edition <laughs> yeah. that I could play on Xbox One, mm. that's they'll, the only time I bought they'll, it. 
There'll be a version in 10 years called the Special Edition. Mm-hmm. The, the you can special... play it on Alexa, too. Yeah, yeah, that's the other Special Edition. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, it's enough fun with uh with Skyrim. It's Skyrim's just more of a meme than a game at this point, isn't it? I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, all in good fun though. All in good fun. Anyway, thank you all very much for listening to this particular episode. We'll be back with some more of them. Um, I'm not sure what I'm doing the rest of the week. Obviously, there's the United Cast on Saturday. I think I'm gonna try and see Eternals on Friday because I got paid early, which is cool. Uh, like surprisingly early for my uh other job. Um. So I'm hoping to see that uh, at some point. And yeah, probably have some more episodes on some more things soon as well. So look out for all those. You can find all of those episodes and more on entertainmenttalk.org. If you head over to the website, you can browse that and find the different episodes. Uh, You can also subscribe to us on your favourite podcast platform by searching for Entertainment Talk, so please look at that as well. If you like what you've heard and you want to support more of what we're doing, you can either just listen to more episodes, you can also tell other people in your life, uh, or even if they're not in your life, just tell other people. Just tell somebody on the street, uh, or just anybody. Um, Tell them about the content that we make, uh, what we do, and where they can find it. Tell them about Entertainment Talk. Uh, You can either do that through word of mouth or social media. Or any of those different places. Uh, Patreon, you can also look at us on there. Uh, look at the different tiers. Those are the $1 and $3 level tiers for ad-free podcast and review options. So take a look at those as well. Uh, so you can support us that way. Uh, speaking of Geek Town, which we kind of mentioned a few times, you can go and listen to Geek Town Radio. Those come out on Tuesdays. Uh, there's a new episode from yesterday to be listened to with Grey on there as well. That's geektown.co.uk and Geek Town Radio, you can find those episodes on there. Uh, Bex is also part of everything as well. Uh, you can find her on Twitch, Trista Bytes, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S. Go and give her a follow over on Twitch. Uh, you can also find me on Twitch as well, UK for all my different video game streams, and you can find them archived later on YouTube, Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>